good morning, you guys, and happy Saturday. This is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares. Uh, before we get started, I always want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors. Uh, they make this possible for us to be here, and that is Breezy HVAC and Oddmost Pizza. So make sure to show them a lot of love, you guys. Again, we wouldn't be here without them. Um, hi, Baron. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. We kind of have something exciting to announce. Super exciting. Okay. So this is our 15th episode. It is. It is. And which means we're almost four months in. Yep. And we've gotten great positive feedback from the community and all of our listeners. And so with that... Enough positive feedback that this is going to be our first full hour show. So we are officially an hour long now, you guys. Yeah. So we'll stop at 25 minutes, have a little commercial, and then come back. And I'm super excited that our first hour show, one of my really good friends is here with us. So um, she and I met... Four years ago, today. Oh, how perfect. I know. I, I started this really crazy thing several years ago. I call it a three-year journal, but I just a little quick snapshot of what happened that day. And we'll get into more of that story in a little bit. But I want to introduce my friend Victoria Shin to you. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Great, Amanda. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Baron. Thank you for joining us. It's always exciting. I love having guests. It always. I think it just brings a little bit more to it. Yeah. All right. So, well, shall we recap last week? Yes. So, last I'm I'm going to switch gears on you. Oh gosh. You know I you hate when I do that, right? I do. <laughs> so, last week our guest called in. She did. So, tell me your impressions of Brenda actually talked on the phone. So, I'm not going to lie. Uh, talking with Brenda on our show, it made me very nervous. I felt like I was uh, around a little celebrity star. <laughs> not going to lie, because I've heard so much about her, um, and then hearing her, uh, she's very intelligent woman very intelligent um uh, talking with her i learned a lot of information and she's very strong in her journey which i admire um she sounded very confident in herself which is when you're going through battling cancer and fighting it and doing all those life-changing things i feel like it can be very discouraging and to hear her so positive and doing all of those steps and doing all the things she needs it's inspiring so the one thing she didn't mention it's it's on the website. So again, if you go to kicking-cancer.org, then you hit the stories tab. A number of stories are up there. Victoria's story is on our website. But I wanted Brenda's story to always stay towards the front because as more stories come up, then they get kind of pushed a little farther back. You can right. find Victoria's story. Just go in there and click, type in Victoria Shin in the search engine and hers will pop up. But Brenda's is always there on that front page. And the one thing that we didn't get into is besides battling metastatic breast cancer, she was diagnosed with a very rare nerve condition called trigeminal neuralgia. Oh. You thought I had to work hard to say diffuse <laughs> intrinsic pontine glioba. Come again? <laughs> so Brenda told me what it was, and then I had to work really hard to say it. But the easy way to explain it is there's a nerve on your side of your face. It's a, it, there's three prongs. That's why it's called trigeminal. Okay. And the reason it's called neuralgia is that nerves should have a sheath around them, kind of like electrical wires have sheaths around them. Mm -hmm. That nerve, for some reason, the sheath is gone. Oh, okay. So the nerve is constantly exposed. I can only imagine that's painful. Yes. It is, it's called idiopathic, which means they don't realize, they don't know what caused it nor when an attack will happen. That's frustrating. So I asked her one time to try to give me... Uh, a scale like mm. how, help me understand the pain level right? right right so a one is like a bee buzzing on your head it's annoying but it's not really painful a 10 is like you're being mauled by a bear mm -hmm. okay 
So I said, what's the worst you've experienced? She's about a 13. Oh, gosh. And I can only imagine, especially being right there in your on your head and your brain, and that, 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 that's got to be one of the worst places to have it, right. I would feel like. Right. It is actually, wow, if you go 13. to the medical journals and you type in trigeminal neuralgia, it is called the suicide disease. Really? In the medical community. Because people can't handle the pain. Yeah. And commit suicide. Is this something that she can, how does she not, how does she control that? There's, there's no way to control it. And that's the hardest part about it. Yeah. She's very admirable. Yeah. She's a, a very strong woman, to yeah. say the least. I remember she was telling me a story one day that um, she was saying, when it happens, she usually just sits in her room. She'll put a TV show on just to kind of take her mind off from it. Mm-hmm. Um, put a blanket on because it makes her really cold and just kind of distract it from it. Yeah. And the one she was having lasted for five hours. Wow. Right? Wow. <laughs> and so she looked at her husband at one point and she said, I'm not at that point, but I can understand why people actually contemplate suicide. Yeah. So. How often uh, does she does she deal with those 13 on the pain scale episodes? Uh, fortunately, not very often to that level. Okay, that's good. Right. But, but still, even a five is not yeah, fun either. Right. And so and does I, she have those... Like, are they monthly, would you say, or? I would say she gets a decent attack about once a month. Okay. Yeah. So when she came to visit early on, um, Victoria had a chance to sit and visit with her. We can get Victoria's um, perspective okay. of her visits with Brenda. All right. So what do you think, Victoria? What's your, what's your perspective of meeting Brenda? Well, like Amanda just stated, she is overwhelmingly strong. And my diagnosis had just happened. Uh, not too long prior to meeting Baron, and it, it, Brenda was just an inspiration to me for several reasons. She's this beautiful, tiny little lady that just got done with a warrior dash, drugging, dragging herself through mud, and I found out she has the breast cancer, which is what I was diagnosed with, in addition to this trigeminal myalgia, and I, I just admire her. She has such a disciplined approach to her days, and that's what I had always tried to do. But it, it, I look to her all the time for inspiration and uh, encouragement. If I, she can do it, we can do it. Yeah, I like how you said that. How she's disciplined with it. Like she, mm-hmm. she, you can tell she makes a plan and she sticks to it, and she tries to find better ways to even better herself in those aspects. And mm-hmm. it's. That's not easy. It's not easy, but she <laughs> stays all. real present, and it yeah. encourages me for myself, and then I'm able to encourage other people. And it's, then you're not alone. Exactly, and we're not alone, although you feel like you're alone. Right. We all feel like we're alone Yeah. yeah. a lot of times. Agreed. So what, just one quick little thing before we move on on Brenda's story. Uh, in her kitchen, she puts her dishes up high and her pots down low. Okay? And her husband came to her one time and says, why don't you just put everything at eye level? <laughs> And she says, because it forces me to exercise. Oh. It forces okay. me to yeah. reach and bend. Yeah. And, and so, again, for her, because it is metastatic, because it is in her lymphatic system, she gets up early every day, and now it's 120 degrees in Arizona right now. So she goes for a walk every morning, and she does these little exercises, and it's just her way of keeping that cancer moving right. so it can't stop and grow again. Right. Now, really quick, I know we're sitting here admiring Brenda, um, but I would also like to take a second to admire you too, Baron. Um, you really rallied behind your sister 
and you fought for her and you fought to spread that word, which in turn, you're now fighting for a, a large, large group of people. And that's very admirable. All of the things like the golf tournament and things like that, you're out there fighting and you're, and it's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, it's very I, admirable as well. I think I mentioned it a couple um, episodes ago. It just dawned on me at some point later in 2018. It was after I had met Victoria, and I realized that there's lots of great organizations. I mean, the American Cancer Society, Susan G. Komen, all these bigger organizations, but it didn't seem like anybody was actually stepping into the community and putting their hands around those that are in the fight. And I thought, you know what? I guess if no one's going to do it, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. You make a lot of personal touches, and I think that's what really matters at the end of the day. Is, is those personal touches to say, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, I, I recognize you. I see you. I want to rally behind you. I want to work hard in, in your favor and, and do these Spartan races and warrior dashes. And, and it, it's inspiring. So thank you for yeah, that. Thank you for the compliment. Yes, you're so welcome. <laughs> so with our hour show, we have more time to shock people, right? We do. So what did you bring for me today? Well, so I wanted to carry on what we are talking about. Yes. And, and kind of recap a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. So we, over the last three and a half months, we've covered a lot of different things, but there's been one, like, one common theme. Mm -hmm. What would you say is that common theme? Food. Food. <laughs> <laughs> food. And it's interesting that the food chain issues that we face as a nation seems to be the common problem. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could just recap a couple things I've talked about. Yeah. And uh, I want Victoria's input here because, one, she's an incredibly smart lady. But it'll be interesting to hear her input. And then you're going to have to keep track of time when we have to stop. Because okay. this is probably going to take more than our time. Absolutely. I'll, I'll cut us off when we're getting close to our break. All right. So the first one I wanted to re remind people about was that Senate report from 1976. So that was 45 years ago. Okay. Roughly. Yeah. 45 years ago. Uh, and for those that were listening, um, President Carter was the president at the time. His sister had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. He was, see he was seeing a rise in cancer cases. Five years earlier than that, President Nixon had started the war on cancer, and we weren't going backwards or going forward. So he pulls a, a Senate committee together. And what I found interesting was the Senate committee was called the Selection Committee on Nutrition and Human Needs. And they listed cancer as one of the six major degenerative diseases associated with improper nutrition. Jeez. In 1976. 1976. A long time ago. And do you remember, we talked about this, what was the result of that finding? Do you remember? I do not. So several major industries condemned that report. Oh, yes. They shut it down. Mostly it the down. meat industry. The meat industry. Which you found shocking. I did. <laughs> So that the, really did shock me because I thought they were the good guys. Right? But we talked about that again. Right? Yes. And so we'll sw swing back to the second. But then by 1981, five more years goes by, there's another panel on the American Association of Advancement of Science, and they reported that if we changed the food system, if we changed our eating habits, we would see benefits on everything from land, water, fuel, mineral use, and the cost of living, and unemployment, the balance of interest rates, all of those would actually get better because of the changes in the food system. Right. But more importantly, there would be a reduction in heart disease by 88%. That's a huge number. Yeah. <laughs> and cancer would go down by 50%. Wow. And that was 40 years ago. Nothing changed. Those are huge numbers. 50% reduction in cancer if we change the food system. 
And we didn't. But we didn't. So then by 1982, one year later, the National Academy of Sciences had a 472-page report on diet and nutrition and cancer. Mm -hmm. And they said diet could be responsible for 30 to 40% of cancers. That's an outrageous number. Now, is that the report that they did not release right away? Correct. Okay. Correct. So I know that diet's been a topic that Victoria and I have talked a lot about. I'm just interested in your perspective on those numbers from 40 years ago. They're shocking. Um, but the reality is, if we were to dig further back, it goes even back farther than 40 years. Oh, I believe it. Um, but it's just astounding, and it hasn't gotten better over time. I, I, it kind of leaves you speechless, quite honestly. When you're diagnosed with the cancer that you never signed up for, I call it the cancer club, that you never wanted to be a member of. Right. Um, but here we are, and... All of that could have been possibly prevented by some simple changes. Right. The but just bringing it to light, but a lot of it was hidden. And I think if it was, I think if people were more aware of it, well, I don't know, actually. I don't know if people were more aware of it, if it would have changed anything, because, I mean, look where we are today. We're very aware of it, and we're still headed down the wrong road. Yeah, and I think, Amanda, all, a lot of it has to do with human nature. Mm -hmm. We love that comfort, and you, you're around food and those wonderful smells, and that's the industries of which nutrition, not nutrition, nutrition or not nutrition, I think it's so hard to change people's behaviors. Yeah. Brenda and I, I guess on one hand, we're a little lucky in that we did have the cancer diagnosis, and you're shocked into that movement. Yeah, I'm going to have you put your hand a little bit closer to your mic. Sorry. That way we hear you a little bit better. There you go. <laughs> Got it. Thank so you. Sorry. I'm going to bring you a more recent data. Okay. And this will be my new thing to shock you. Okay. So that was kind of a review of old shocking information. Right. But this is uh, an article from AARP Magazine. That steak looks delicious. I know. <laughs> This is December 2019. Okay, so not too long ago. Not that long ago. I love when they're recent like that. More recent. And there was uh, a study done in the, the Annals of in Internal Medicine, and they made a statement that meat wasn't bad. Right. But there was controversy over that statement. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to bring up is a statement by, his name is Frank Hu. He's the chairman of the Department of Nutrition at Harvard. Okay. So, kind of got some credentials behind him. Yes. Right? Agreed. So, he says, people who eat most red meat are more prone to developing type 2 diabetes, obesity, colon cancer, and other cancers. Really? I... I, I, you, I got you chocolate. <laughs> You're speechless. <laughs> so, specifically, um, and again, this does look I like I didn't know that. Pretty nice looking steaks there, right? Yeah. Your, your listeners can't hear, see it, but... There's some pictures here, some nice things. So specifically, 23% wow. increase in breast cancer risk for women who eat the most red meat. That's... that's Again, you're speechless. Yeah. You, you, you think meat's good for you. It's your protein. It's what fuels your body. But we talked last week about how the meat we're getting isn't even real yes. meat anymore. I think, uh, uh, oh gosh, Brenda gave me the numbers. Was it 88% of our antibiotics? Was come, that the, Come from, yeah. They, they go to the animals yeah. to help them get 
from their sicknesses and stuff. So 88% of the United States' antibiotics do not go to humans. In fact, they actually go to our animals. Yeah, because we're trying That's to fatten the cows up faster so they can go to market faster, right? Yeah. Um, so the other thing I thought was interesting here is it says the risk of death associated with eating red meat and processed meats in, is one person per thousand. That might sound like a very small risk, but one in a thousand adds up to 325,000 deaths in the United States, which is the equivalent of two jumbo jets crashing. Wow. So if two jumbo jets crash and everybody died, mm -hmm. that might catch the news. Yeah. So by eating more red meat, that's the equivalent of two jumbo jets, people dying. That's, wow. What's crazy is um, me and my husband, we actually, I ordered a subscription meat box uh, recently from a local farm, and we got a mixture of um, beef, pork, and chicken. And I was really excited to cook the steaks because steak isn't typically something I buy with it being so expensive, but they had this deal. I couldn't pass up. It was, you know, um, and we actually, the way it, it, it made us feel really heavy. Um, I, I don't know if I'm explaining that quite mm -hmm. right. Um, mm -hmm. We normally don't typically eat red meat. And so it was actually, we both were like, okay, I mean, it was tasty. But in all honesty, we, it, it, the way it, it, we, it wouldn't be something we would get again. And right. so now hearing that, it's, it's just interesting um, that it's just not good for you. And then it, and the way it made us feel was just bizarre. We thought maybe, well, we're maybe it's just because it's a, we ate a big, thick, juicy steak. Maybe that's just why. Um, but yeah, it just didn't didn't set right with us, mm -hmm. which is any, interesting. Any comments here, Victoria? I used to love red meat. Do you not eat it anymore? I haven't eaten it for quite a few years now, yeah. and I miss it. Mm -hmm. But what I realize I miss is thirty years ago mm -hmm. that smell and the barbecues and the how beef used to be a long time ago and right. now that I know I, I knew it was carcinogenic years ago but again human human nature I love it and it's pleasurable I'm going to keep eating it I just don't now and yeah. we've shifted so far away from I'm okay with it I will treat myself if I want to mm -hmm. but like you just mentioned when I have it I don't feel good yeah it was it, you feel heavy and mm -hmm. sluggish and it was really chewy yeah I sat there and chewed forever I was like my goodness <laughs> Well, there goes the calories it, I consumed eating it, just by chewing it. What's intriguing, you talking about that, is you know, we do these, these workshops and these seminars last June, so we we're kind of just coming out of COVID protocols, mm -hmm. and there was a gentleman that I know here in town. He used to be a doctor in Staten. Um, he got very frustrated with the insurance system and the medical system, and so he actually let his medical license lapse, oh. but he's got all the knowledge still. Right, right. right? And so they bought some property south of, of Salem, and he actually raises cattle out there. Okay. And he took in some cows that were pretty sick, and he brought them back to health really good. And so we did a cooking show at his, at his barn. Right? right. He barbecued up some uh, beef for us. It's on our website. So if you go to kicking-cancer.org, hit resources. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little ways back, but it's in the cooking section. Okay. And it was intriguing because he talked about the fact that cattle are supposed to roam around. They're supposed to eat grass, and then it should work this way around their stomach. So they're not supposed to be contained, and they're not supposed to eat corn, which is what's happening currently. And so I ate that hamburger, and it, I've never tasted meat that tasted like that. Really? Because it's the way beef is supposed to taste. Right, okay. 
So what we're getting is quote unquote beef, but it's not really beef. Right. Right. It's got a, everything else and maybe a little bit of beef. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what's happened is, and, and I, Victoria's right, this has been way before the 1970s. I would say it started probably about World War II as the population of this nation began to explode. Mm-hmm. We had to find ways to feed more people. Yes. And we wanted to feed them less expensively. Yeah. So we found ways to industrialize food. Mm-hmm. And in the process of industrializing food, we killed ourselves in the process and not, didn't even realize it. We did. I agree. You know? I think what, um, again, referring back to last episode, um, You'll have to help me on this one with the corn. Um, how much of crops or so how much of... there's 300 million acres of farmland in the United States. And only about 40% of it is not corn. So 60% of 300 million acres, acres of farmland in the United States... Is corn. Is corn only. Right. And again, reviewing from last week... In 1933, they passed a farm bill that was designed to actually help get people eating again after the Depression. Mm-hmm. But every five years, they reviewed that bill, but they never changed it. Right. So by 1970, we had the exact same bill that we had in the 1930s. Right. And so then they said, well, let's just go to a one-crop system. So they actually began incentivizing people to just farm one crop. Mm-hmm. And it was corn. And the, the downside to that is we made corn so inexpensive that it's become a sweetener inside of most products. Right. And high fructose corn syrup is incredibly dangerous. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's easy. It's cheap. And so we created a system, and, and like Brendan brought up, only 14,000 or 14 million, 14 million of those 300 million acres is for other crops. That's insane. 14 million acres for things that aren't corn and soy. That's terrifying. Yeah. In all honesty. Uh, so the best place to get your crops is actually downtown Salem with the Saturday market because you're getting them right from the local farmers. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, even the stuff that you go to Costco to get, you should not be able to get grapes in the middle of the winter. No. You know? No, I agree. And when I first met Victoria, I worked at Costco. And I was in the produce department. And it always made me laugh that they would come in in December upset that they couldn't get grapefruits. <laughs> and I'm like, it's December. <laughs> you realize the grapefruits you're getting are coming from South America because that's where it's actually warmer to grow a grapefruit. And then it's got to be picked a little bit early and put on a boat. And try You're not even getting really a grapefruit. But they were mad they couldn't get their all the food. Whereas the reality is we're supposed to eat stuff in its proper season. Right. We've become so, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but convenience has become such an easy way of life. So whatever's convenient and easy and readily available right now, you know, um, the other, I mean, like you were saying with the farmer's market, I go to the Wilsonville farmer's market on Thursdays, the last few I've skipped. And it was like, okay, I need to make sure to go next week on Thursday because I need my asparagus. Well, I didn't, and so I went to the grocery store and got it, and I was kicking myself in the butt, but it's like, because it's convenient, but I'm, I'm trying to make more conscious decisions and awareness of those conveniences yeah. because they're really not so convenient for me and my body. 
there's a phrase that Brenda's used quite often when she, so when Brenda comes up, we try to do seminars when she's here. She just brings her insights. Right. You know, and, and I joke about it, but you said it. She's kind of a celebrity when she comes up here. <laughs> she is. Because I just stopped talking about her. But, um, <laughs> but um, she made a statement. She said, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> we've, we've literally convenienced ourselves out of good health. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so there's a story she alluded to, and I'll try to tell us in our last little bit here before we go for break, but she had gone in, and this lady that was sitting next to her in the waiting room had, had half her stomach removed. Oh, wow. And Brenda was changing her diet exercise, and the lady goes, that sounds really hard. Brenda says, half your stomach is, is not. So you have to choose your heart. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I think you have to go to break, but I got some other stuff to talk with when we come back. Okay, awesome. So really quick before we go to break, I just want to give another shout out to our sponsors, Breezy HVAC and Oddmost Pizza. Please, you guys, make sure to support them. Oddmost Pizzas is absolutely amazing. And Breezy HVAC, they will take care of all of your needs, especially now that it's in the summer season and hot. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to them while you enjoy your Oddmost Pizza. We'll be right back after this. 